Welcome to The Practice, a podcast dedicated to unpacking the challenges and joys of being human in this unprecedented time. Each episode will delve into a different aspect of the practice of living with the goal of leaving you empowered to go out into the world as your best self embodied. Hello, everyone, and as always, thank you so much for taking the time and energy to tune in. I'm your host, Brooke Davidson, and for episode two of season two of the Practice Podcast, we're going to talk about how to mindfully slow down the pace of our lives. So this is something that we all at times crave. Sometimes we love the rush. Sometimes having chaos can actually be really stimulating in a very positive way for us. It can lead to lots of growth and change. However, we also need those periods of slowness, those moments of time when we're able to actually sit with all that we've gained from those moments of busyness, those moments of chaos, those moments of production. In a yoga class, this is called Shavasana, right? Corpse pose. It's at the end of every class. And true yoga roots would say that Shavasana is the most important component of the practice because it's where we integrate everything that we just went through. Instead of just going and doing something and then moving directly into the rest of the day, we have this moment of pause where our bodies get to integrate what they just experienced, where our mind and breath gets to really just sit in the space of nourishment. Throughout any given day, we sleep, right? We have this period of time that our bodies mandate for us, wherein we get a chance to slow down, to kind of sit with, although in, you know, an unconscious manner, we still get a way to integrate whatever it is that we experience throughout the course of that day. However, sleep is not the only rest that a person needs. We all know this. This is nothing new. How do we find that rest, though? How do we take action to make it a habit and also to make it something that feels truly nourishing instead of how it often feels in this Western world, something that we kind of maybe feel guilty about or that we worry about in other ways, something that maybe we don't even allow ourselves to have because we don't feel like we've earned it, which I'll get deeper into that language here in just a moment. But I want to start here by sharing a poem. It's actually from my new book. It was just released this last week called Seasons of a Girl. Uh, It's available on Amazon. Got to give myself a little plug here. But it's a collection of poetry organized by season. And I have a poem here that I've titled The Western Paradox on this exact topic. The problem with slowing time is that you want to remain sped up within it. The only way to slow things is for you yourself to slow also. The only way to slow things is for you yourself to slow also. Ooh, if you feel yourself kind of bristling at that, I want you to pay close attention to your response because this is very significant. Okay, so often we think, oh, I wish things could just slow down a bit, but if we actually picture what we try to do in those slow moments, often we try to speed up ourselves, right? It's like, oh, I wish 
that everything else in the world could pause and I could have all this time then to kind of catch up on all these little things. And of course, that would probably be really awesome in a lot of ways. But the fact of the matter is that that's not real. That's not possible. It is possible, however, for us to slow our experience of life. And if you think about the, the moments in life where you are not really tracking time and where you feel like you have a moment-to-moment awareness, aka mindfulness, aka presence, those are the times when you're already doing this. All right, so for me, the first time I truly experienced this in a conscious manner is when I started rock climbing. In college, I got really into it, and whenever I would be climbing, I would find myself just in this incredible awareness of body, of breath, of moment-to-moment experience. And it was so profound to me, and that was really why I continue to do this activity, is that it feels so nourishing, it feels so just yummy, quite frankly, to be in that moment-to-moment awareness. It's like suddenly all of the things that our brain is usually focusing on fall away. And we have this single point of focus. And studies have shown that our brains truly like to monotask. There is actually a plethora of research out there on this exact matter that multitasking isn't actually doing multiple things at the same time. It's quickly switching between tasks. And every time we switch, there's that little bit of lag time for us to kind of reorient to the new task. So not only is multitasking actually less efficient because of all those little adjustments, but it also provokes the nervous system. It creates this kind of frantic energy within us. And so if we focus on one thing at a time, right, even if it's just cooking dinner or talking to someone instead of talking to them and looking at our phone and thinking about the next errand we're about to run, if we just focus on one task at a time, we have a great way to slow down our experience of that moment because we're not frantically hopping from one thing to the next, right? We're, we're keeping ourselves grounded in a single experience. And so that's a really great way to slow down our experience of time. Another great way, which kind of gets back to the poem saying that we ourselves must slow also, and of course, what I just described is an example of a person slowing, but another way to do it is to, in moments in our lives, recognize when we feel like we need to, like we could use more time, and then to do what we can to facilitate that. And that probably sounds incredibly simple and a bit obvious, but let me give you an example. So I'm a high school English teacher, and there are times when in the class between managing behaviors and answering questions and trying to teach new material, things just get a little out of hand, right? And all of a sudden I'm standing there thinking, like, I need to catch my breath. I have lost kind of track of where we're headed, lost track of what's going on in the real moment. And I can either kind of keep pushing ahead and kind of build into that frantic energy of like, hey, everybody, listen up, you know, and and really try to force through it. Or I can take a breath, remind myself like, hey, you're actually the person in charge here. If you need to slow down, slow down. And I can say, guys, we're going to take a three-minute break. 
okay, walk around the room, go get a drink, use the bathroom, whatever. We're taking a break, come back in three minutes and we'll dive back in, right? And I know that sounds obvious, but in those moments where we do have power to take a break, we do have power to step away from something, we don't always do it. It doesn't always seem like an option, right? I, I went to school with way shorter periods than I currently teach within, and there were never breaks in the middle of a class. And so if you don't see something happen, and then it's harder to know that that is an option until you try it and you just say, what if I did do this? What if I put as an add-on to my signature in my email that the people reading my email, once they respond, they can expect a two to three day turnaround time before I can read and have the time to respond to it, right? Because email is one of those things that because, especially with you know the dawn of smartphones, we have it on us all the time, people expect that we can kind of instantly reply. But what if I added that to my signature and said, please expect a two to three day turnaround time for me to read, consider, and respond to your email. If it's more urgent than that, give me a call between these hours at this number, right? And so all of a sudden, I'm taking a really simple step to create more space, to slow things down a bit. And you might find that instead of people being like, whoa, what the heck, their response might just be, oh, that's an option. Like, I can do that too, maybe. And it becomes incredibly liberating. And it makes me think of that video that was viral years ago where there was some outdoor music festival. Everyone was seated in the grass. And this one person is just dancing their ass off. And as they're up there boogieing, everyone's just kind of watching. And there's kind of this, I don't know, this feeling of like, oh, that person's like the weird one, you know. And all of a sudden, a second person joins in. And from there, it's just exponential. Pretty soon, every single person is joining in and everybody is dancing. And it's like the first person to do something always stands out. And we're always kind of like, oh gosh, they're, they're buckling the system. They're, they're going against the current here. And then as soon as somebody else joins in, that's when we typically, as a group, give ourselves a chance to say, okay, well, if that is an option and what I'm doing currently is an option, which one do I actually want? And of course, in this video example, everyone's like, oh, thank God, I want to dance too. Like dancing's so much more fun than just sitting, right? And so we see that that mass movement. But truly, that is how we can create space in our own lives, but also ripple it out into our society. In the Western world here, we have such a production-based society. People brag about how few hours of sleep they get and how many hours of overtime they work. And it's time for us to ask ourselves, is that truly what we want to value? Is that truly what we want to celebrate? Or would we rather celebrate mindfulness, presence, full embodiment of a moment? And then of course, based on our answer to that, that's how we affect change. And just because I want to tie back to that original thought where I said, oh, we often feel like we don't deserve it or that we have to earn it. That's just something we need to rewire in ourselves. We need to, every time we feel that come up, maybe that feeling of guilt, maybe that feeling of 
you know, oh, is this enough? Or have I, have I done enough today to earn rest? Right? We need to remind ourselves that it's not, there's not like a capacity that we have to reach in order to deserve rest. Like we always deserve what is going to be best for us. And if we need even further persuasion to make that choice, one thing that we can consider is when we treat ourselves in a way that feels nourishing, we allow ourselves to better show up to everything else in our lives, every activity, every person, every interaction. And so self-care really becomes community care, becomes world care, right? Like we, we honor those moments where we need rest, maybe even with a little mantra, something that we repeat out loud to ourselves saying, you do not need to earn rest or you are worth whatever feels nourishing. You know, something like that that we can repeat to ourselves. Those moments can then become an opportunity to kind of rewire our brains from what we've been conditioned to believe of, like, you know, busyness is best, and instead to embrace those moments of slowness and really allow for that nourishment to take hold on our lives. So I've gone a little bit longer than I normally try to go in these episodes, so I'm going to go ahead and sign off. But thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you being here. And the next time that you feel like rest would be beneficial to you, please do honor that in the name of this podcast. (laughs) Thank you all and goodbye. To follow along with my work, you can find me on Instagram at brooke underscore being. If you're interested in contacting me for a private yoga or life coach consult, please send an inquiry to brookedavidsonyoga at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.